A lot of these stories make you all of a sudden in, in headlines, uh, involving celebrities make you think, well, oh, wait a minute. There's something I have no idea about. Like, for instance, Will Smith, um, striking Chris Rock after he made that joke about, uh, his wife's bald head. We all started talking about alopecia. What is alopecia? So we had an expert on to talk about alopecia areata earlier on in the week. And I got a really nice email from a listener that's been suffering it since the beginning of the pandemic. And my thoughts are with you, Mike. It's terrifying. Uh, he's, he's on an experimental drug right now in the middle of a clinical trial. Uh, but he still talks about how worried he is every time he takes a shower. Like, am I going to find hunks of hair in my hands? It's, it's anxiety provoking. And yesterday, Sad news out of uh, Bruce Willis's family. Demi Moore, his ex-wife, um, posted on social media that he is dealing with aphasia. This is a very rare disorder. It's uh, devastating for him because he's such a fast talker. I mean, we remember how quick he delivers lines in Moonlighting. Just because I'm in a bunny suit doesn't mean I haven't stumbled across a basic truth now and then. The feeling of being insufficiently appreciated is a common childhood lament. Bruce Willis, long career, giving it up because of aphasia. What exactly is aphasia? Here to talk about it, Elise Shumway, who is a speech-language pathologist and clinical manager at the Aphasia Institute in Toronto. Welcome to the show, Elise. I think a lot of people uh, feel absolutely heartbroken for Bruce Willis, has to give up his craft because of a rare um, brain disease. What exactly, how rare is it? Well, the, the, uh, there are really two kinds of aphasia. Um, one comes from a stroke or brain injury, a one-time injury to the brain that affects the language parts of the brain. And the other is a more deteriorating over time type of aphasia called primary progressive aphasia. Now, um, 30% of all stroke uh, victims have can have a mild to moderate to severe aphasia. The more deteriorating time pr type primary progressive aphasia is certainly less common. Uh, we think maybe 20,000 Canadians have it. It's under-diagnosed, though, and underreported, so we don't really know. What are the warning signs that you might be suffering from aphasia? Well, aphasia is a communication disorder, so it affects the language parts of the brain, which means difficulty saying words, thinking of the right word, saying the wrong word, putting words into sentences, that's the expressive side of it, the speaking side. There's also more of a hidden type or hidden um, aspect to aphasia, which is the understanding of spoken language. So people will not necessarily decode all the words that are said to them. They may not understand exactly what's being said. And as well, problems in reading and writing, because those are language abilities as well. So the whole uh, spectrum of language skills can be affected by aphasia. I was reading a, a couple of stories about people suffering from aphasia, and there's a story about a woman who is completely frustrated because she said, you know, she doesn't feel as smart as she once uh, did, but that a lot of people with aphasia are, are still cognitively intact. Made immediately my mind sprung to this movie I saw years ago. It was called The Butterfly and the Diving Bell. And this guy suffered, it's a true story, suffered this uh, condition uh, at the time. I think they called it locked in syndrome. And he couldn't uh, communicate. That led to the communication via eyelids and the blinking. Are there any right. tools to help people with aphasia communicate that, that uh, people can take advantage of? 
You know, there certainly are. You know, the the fellow in the in that movie had more of a physical uh, muscular impairment, and so he wasn't able to express himself, which in a way is similar to the outcome of his condition as well. People with aphasia have a need to have others learn how to communicate differently with them. So family members, friends, colleagues can learn techniques to help the person with aphasia to express themselves more clearly. So, for instance, giving them time to express themselves, maybe writing writing words, making sure they understand what you said to them, asking them to make sure they do understand you, learning techniques like gesture. We have a technique um, method called supported conversation for adults with aphasia that we teach at the Aphasia Institute. And family members, doctors, community members can all learn this technique to help somebody with aphasia participate in conversations to their best ability. Must be incredibly frustrating for not only the people suffering from aphasia, but the family members, because uh, the people with aphasia are struggling with communication. The people who love the people with aphasia are, are learning how to, they have to relearn how to communicate. That's right. And it is very frustrating. That's one of the first um, emotions that people express is the frustration of knowing what they want to say and having all their ideas ready to go and just not being able to express them. It is really frustrating and hard for the families too. Is there a an age that, that aphasia normally strikes at or, you know, a demographic? Well, you know, we used to think it was really the more senior population, but in fact, younger people can have strokes as well. Um, and as well, anybody can have a brain injury at any age. So uh, d- depending on the cause, it can it can really go across the whole age spectrum. Um, people with aphasia, children as well, if they have a involved in a brain injury or that kind of thing. I understand you can have mini strokes. Would that then after a mini stroke, could aphasia or the sign of of uh, symptoms of aphasia showing up actually lead uh, to a, a, a diagnosis that you had suffered a stroke later on, you know, in, oh, the, in the past. Yeah, that's definitely speaking difficulties are one of the warning signs. Uh, one of these mini strokes that may go away. Uh, speaking difficulties is one of the one of the symptoms of that kind of mini stroke. Do we see uh, anxiety levels affecting people with aphasia? Like, is there a way to uh, that they, they would uh, affect and, and increase, um, speed things up as far as the progression of aphasia, the more anxious you are about it? Well, I think more it, it can affect the way you um, interact. You know, certainly it's anxiety-provoking knowing that people might not realize that you're, you have all your thoughts intact but that you can't speak. So people are sometimes a bit fearful of speaking to others if they're worried that they won't be treated as though they are competent. But certainly one thing that we must realize is that people with aphasia, their thinking skills are fine. Uh, they can they can think, they can make decisions, and we need to make sure we treat them as competent people. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, not, the fear of that not happening can certainly be anxiety-provoking. I think the way we uh, we learn to understand that it's a it's a communication problem and not a thinking problem. Thank you so much for sparing some time for with us today. Not a problem. Thanks so much. Elise Shumway is a speech patho- uh, language pathologist and a clinical manager at the Aphasia Institute in Toronto. That's currently what we've uh, learned that Bruce uh, Willis is dealing with. He's got a dropout of acting. Luckily, he's got a really strong support group. 
And I think that that is something that is just so precious. You cannot underestimate your support groups when it comes to dealing with any kind of illness or disability.